Hi everyone, welcome to Totem Talks. It's Friday. Oh, thank God. It does actually feel like one of those. Yeah. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. And today we are talking about values-based business. Okay, let's do that because I thought we were just going to talk about values. I'm not entirely sure. I guess values is quite a... It's a big smush of a word, isn't it, actually, really? Um, but why has this particular topic come up today? Uh, because you suggested it, so oh, would you yeah. like to say... <laughs> It is Friday, everybody. Um, yeah, why have I suggested this topic? I think we've done some work recently for a client on um, bringing their values to life. So that was uh, quite interesting uh, an experience. We obviously have our own values here within Totem, which is uh, sometimes difficult because it means that we do lose money by working to those values. And last night on one of our training courses, we were sort of reflecting at the end with the, with the group that authenticity when communicating with other people is really important. And I think it was me, in fact, who raised the point that occasionally being authentic to who you are is going to alienate another person. And how do you manage that tension is a really interesting thing. So it seemed like values was was a hot topic here at Totem Towers for the past week or two. Mm. Uh, I thought we could uh, have a natter about it whilst it's fresh in our minds. Absolutely. Mm. And the piece about it being costly for us to work to our values. I mean, we've had that very recently where just because we happen to know someone who knows someone who knows someone, mm -hmm. we've heard that there was potentially some business coming our way. And then that business did not come our way mm -hmm. because the potential client realized that the way that we communicate and the way that we operate, they didn't like. Yeah. And not that I want to get too too into detail about that whole thing, but I felt, I, I mean, it depends how honest you want to be at this moment. I felt really, really, really good about not getting that work because... They had had a good look at the way that we do business and decided we, we weren't for them. And having worked for businesses who have values very countercultural to ours, it is a hugely painful process for both parties when we do try to do work with each other. And to basically be turned down without even knowing we were being turned down was a huge relief when I found out because it, it would have been difficult and I don't think we would have got on well and... The challenge with us is those relationships end up being quite transactional. Mm. And so it's, you know, we're, we're contracted to provide a service. There's a service level agreement in place, all of those wonderful things. And we come in, we do our thing, we leave. And that's just not how we roll. Mm. And within that, we talk quite powerfully about um, the individual in the workspace and the 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 line between you know your work persona and your personal persona if that makes sense and we've even had some feedback recently from a, a training course where one person had had a really allergic reaction to where we talked about work-life balance and work-life harmony and they fundamentally disagreed with the concept that you should be anywhere close to taking your work home or your home to work and that they are two seriously distinct things and should never play in the same sphere. And I thought, 
I got to admit, an unconscious bias of mine right there is I thought to myself, that person is white, middle class, male, doesn't like their kids, probably doesn't like their missus. And I, I, it just, you know, I had to obviously challenge myself on that. But that I could just see someone like my dad, um, who has who has who's grown in that environment where, you know, they, they are two distinct things. And for me, and for certainly the, the younger people that I'm working with at the moment, there is no distinction between work and home anymore. The, you know, the, the mobile phone, the laptops, workers in your house, whether you like it or not. COVID now, certainly, um, you know, your work colleagues are in your personal space all the time. And so to try and, you know, linearize them into two different things is is a bit silly. So, And that's where the values piece becomes really interesting because you start looking at how do you want to craft your life and your work life? Mm around your values Mm. what is most important to you and actually the the huge flag for me when somebody has a really allergic reaction to this idea of work-life harmony is that it suggests to me they're not happy in their work Mm. because if you're working in line with your values it doesn't feel so alien to take that home because it's me this this is who i am this is what i do yeah whereas if it's just a job and i hate my job i'm not taking that home yeah absolutely no taking that that, into my safe space yeah exactly um so yeah, it was you know the the values conversations uh, certainly in terms of losing work is uh, really what triggered it because I think when we talk about working to our values and when when you see all the Instagrammers and the the Twitterers you know talking about you know be true to yourself and discover who you are they never talk about the consequences of actually mm. doing that and I, that that really you can lose me. business you can lose money yeah you can lose face you know you you can walk into a room and you can immediately know that there's going to be a good 25% of the people there who don't want to talk to you because of the way that you are and that that's a challenge in in the sense that everyone's currently saying you know honor me and respect me for who i am but equally like me i want everyone yeah. to like i want to be me yeah and i want you to respect me for who i am yeah i also want you to like me well you not everyone's gonna like me because we're all different yeah it's a so. really challenging tension yeah and i did want to because you said it depends how honest we want to be in this recording about what happened in that situation mm. the word woke was used yeah and i, I, I say derogatory <laughs> term to describe how we come across Oh, and this person's reason for not wanting to work with us was that we came across as woke. Which which made me chuckle, I've got to admit. I, I had no idea that we were even close to being woke. I thought, you know, we, we have a, a, an intense respect for 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 women's rights and we're, we're really quite passionate about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement um, because we, we want everybody of every colour, creed, race, religion to uh, to get on and to excel. Does that uh, make me woke? I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I, th- I thought that just made me a nice person. And there, you know, so if we talk about, oh, you know, there was a bit of a mismatch of values. That sounds a bit vague and a bit strange. Just to say that somebody thought it was a derogatory thing to say, mm. you know, oh, they seem a bit into anti-racism and, mm. you know, oh, and I see Helen's put her pronouns on her LinkedIn profile. You know, it's all a bit blah. Okay. We, we don't want to work together, do we? No, we don't need to either. That's, I think that's, that's the thing. Um, so yeah, there is a cost to to having your value or to having your values. Mm. Um, and I think understanding what those costs might be is, is 
It's really quite important. It's the test of your value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you that, talk yeah. about how you felt really comfortable yeah, I, knowing that you'd yeah. lost that business. Because you felt bad. I felt bad. You felt bad. You know, I'm the one who's responsible for sales. Mm. I lost a sale because of something I wrote on LinkedIn. Mm. That feels very uncomfortable. But when you weigh it up, mm. what feels more uncomfortable? Working against my values. Absolutely. I wanted to share as well, because uh, as you say, there's been lots of things around values this week. I had a conversation with an old friend and colleague, Andy Gorham, who I'm going to be recording on his podcast soon. Mm. And he operates in this real sweet spot between the kind of branding marketing department and the HR department in this kind of space of values. And the work that we did for this client as well was very similar in that the, the values had come from the branding team talking about what does our company represent mm. but we were working with the hr team on how to communicate those values and think about how they come to life and behavior and it really just struck me that we treat those things differently we, we get the branding team to come up with what's our brand identity what do we want customers to say about us that that's our brand identity and then we get the hr team to come up with values behavioral competency frameworks mm. you know performance management frameworks actually if those two things aren't one and the same yeah how can we have a brand identity that isn't our people identity and so i really respect andy for being in the middle of that space and saying we've we've got to really engage people and excite them about living that brand identity mm. otherwise none of it means anything yeah, I, I mean, I get that. I think where where I'm going to challenge you though is is twofold. One is often we've not hired people because of their values. We've hired them because of a skill set. I mean, the, the the maxim is that you hire someone for skill and you fire them for attitude. And that attitude, frankly, is is probably based on a values alignment between them and their manager or them and the the wider company. Um, but then we get into the danger of saying does this person fit within the organization? And uh, as we are doing on a weekly basis, we are telling people that that is a naughty, naughty word to be using. You know, you need to have objective measures and trying to objectively measure whether somebody's personal values are aligned to a, a larger company's values is very difficult to do. Well, that's where situational judgment tests are really useful. So mm. a situational judgment test is where you say, in this situation, what judgment would you make? And you think about, well, what values do we have as a company? Mm -hmm. How would those values come across in the decision-making in that situation? And I'm going to see whether your, your values match. Uh, so if I think of an example, let's say there's something about um, a client deadline is very urgent, the work's behind, it means you're going to have to work longer hours mm -hmm. and you're going to have to um, miss your daughter's birthday party. What do you do? Now, a lot of candidates in that setting will think, well, the right answer is yeah. to say, I'll miss my daughter's birthday party and I will do the work. But actually, if you're a company that's got a brand about family and values about looking after each other, arguably we'd say, no, that, that's not the answer here. And so what you're doing is, is building a way of selecting people to test whether their values match. Mm -hmm. uh, and the issue with saying, are you the right fit, is not that there's anything wrong with saying right fit in itself. It's that often that is a highly subjective and frankly unfair and biased term. Mm. You know, do I fit in this team of white men? 
uh, as opposed to do my values fit. Okay. I mean, and, the, and the, the, I'm not sure if it's the second or third challenge to that is if you've got a company in transition, so a company that has had a particular brand or culture for many, many moons. I mean, WH Smiths is a great example. So it was this thing and now it's trying to be something else. And frankly, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it ain't going to happen for it because it would have to get rid of every single person. Or it would have to get rid of 90% of its current employees because they're not there. They're, they're, culturally, you are your people. And I think they're going to be the WH Smith of old for quite some time because the, the, the individual change, the individual values change required by a number of their employees just isn't going to happen. Um, and again, you've got the, particularly because you've mentioned an example that is retail, mm. you have the benefit with retail that you can say, well, here's one of our new flagship stores thinking of St Pancras Station that's got mm. kind of these new concept WH Smith stores so we're only going to hire people into that store who have those values and are all about technology and that that's what you put in that store and in the older stores you keep the existing employees with with the values and ways of working that they have mm. where that gets complicated of course is when you've got your supply chain management and your marketing team with this merging of those two cultures, that's going to get really complicated. Mm. Uh, so I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be very hard, if not impossible, to shift the business in that way. It's why a lot of companies will have it as an offshoot. You know, I'm thinking of uh, Green King pubs and oh, Metro restaurants, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's, it's an offshoot company yeah. that Metro restaurants run themselves almost like their own little company. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually. Uh, I'm finally understanding why they do that. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably have picked that up a little while ago, actually. Oops. So our values are all around growth, positivity, and psychology, which makes sense given that we're a team of business psychologists and we like to be nice to people. So... But they don't... You know, the word psychology doesn't sound like a value. So it's where, and this is where the work we've just done for this client yeah, is helps. to expand. You can't just have a word. You can't have a word. Yeah, yeah. You can't have a word and then a glib sentence, and then you know you, you need to really flesh these out. So, uh, where would you say in your day to day do you do your personal values and your work values really sort of come together and, and, and create that magic mojo space of awesomeness? Uh, all of it um so <laughs> you look you mean <laughs> yeah. this is why i'm good with work-life harmony i yeah. love my work it is in my bones this is what i was built to do uh so the positive thing for me is absolutely critical i want to have a positive impact on everybody i meet everybody i speak to everybody i send an email to let's just spread a bit of sunshine shall we yeah, yeah. so that just flows through uh, the psychology piece for me is about being evidence-based. Now, that evidence base may be research says blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Or it may be, you know what? I've been doing this 20 years and I know it works. Mm. But there's some evidence backing to what we're doing. Uh, I really love Patrick Lencioni's just brought out a whole new model of working and it looks fantastic. But he kind of came up with it with his team four months ago. And there's a few of us looking at it going, it looks really good. But they just made it up four months ago. And so there's just a bit of this needs a bit more work doing to it for us to really trust that it's got legs. Mm. But on face validity, it's really great stuff. Mm. Uh, so that, that evidence based piece is really important. And the growth, you know, historically, that was about growing a big business. 
An empire. An empire. Take over the world. <laughs> Uh, whereas today it's more for me about growing myself as a human being, growing other people, helping us all to develop and learn to be better versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. How about for you? Uh, it's less the psychology for me. I think it's more so now. Um, now that you're studying a degree now in that it. I'm doing a degree <laughs> in it, yeah, uh, obviously. But I think before growth and positivity was was really important. And growth primarily for myself in the beginning because I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, but now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super confident in what I do, it's about identifying where I can help others grow and to just be a positive influence in their life. Just the silly things as well. Like, uh, I, I spend a lot of my time talking to other administrators within other companies and it's, it's a thankless task quite often processing invoices and doing all of the spreadsheets and all of that lovely stuff. Uh, but just to be a, a source of a smile in people's day, you know, to do silly things like, uh, you know, learning a couple of phrases of, of something in Portuguese, because one of the administrators I speak to I know is Portuguese. So being able to say hello to her and ask her how her family is, it, it, you know, it, it enables a, a greater and richer and fuller conversation with her. It's not just here's a spreadsheet. Good luck with that. See you in a bit. Uh, and to know that I could be somebody's sunshine in the day or in fact to know that i could actually be somebody's only source of sunshine in the day um it's good for my ego a and b it, it's the right it's the right thing to do and to be working in a company where i'm enabled to, and encouraged to do that that is that is really it makes me want to come to work in the morning and it makes me particularly when when you've got a challenging day or a challenging week i mean like you know last week in particular was well, I was I was quite grumpy all week. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, very difficult week, but even within that, I was still working to my values, and that really powered me through. Absolutely, and that's mm. the whole point of all of this. Yeah. So you've got a company brand yeah. that says this is who we are to our customers, mm. and then you have people working for you who believe mm. in those values, in that brand identity, and want to demonstrate that. Mm. It seems so simple. I don't know why we get it so wrong. I, I do actually have an answer for that. Um, I think we get it wrong because a lot of people um, either don't know what their values are or because they're missold the values. Um, I, I can think of several companies where they have a, a specific value in terms of how they present themselves to the world. And then when you actually walk through their doors, it is the exact opposite. Oh my goodness, that was the most painful client we ever that worked was, with. That was, I mean, it was dirty. I'm going to use yeah. that word. It was, it was, I felt like I was washing myself in mud every time I had to get on the phone to them. And it surprised me mm. because I couldn't believe the difference between this public persona. What you see in the advertising yeah. and in all of their marketing, they're, they're just this company. Yeah. And then you meet them and it. And it's I think highly different. I think it's very difficult to get a true sense of how a company operates until you've actually walked through the door. You've probably got to be there for three months before you can see how they actually operate as a company. Um, and it's those mis those mismatches that are well disguised, mm. uh, but either personally or um, at a corporate level. Which is, you know, potentially because you've got a CEO and a leadership team. And one person whose job it is to lead the whole branding, marketing mm. piece. So that person says, well, I'm going to go lead something that sells. The rest of you 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can carry on doing what you're doing. So then you end up with this complete mismatch. Mm. Uh, again, that's why I really respect Andy's work in pulling all of that together and saying, look, this is actually simple. Let's get it to talk the same language. Yeah. Cool. Um, shall we leave it there? Because uh, this is our second to last podcast Ooh. of the year. So I think next week is going to be our, our last podcast for the year. So we can both go and collapse in a heap somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure what we'll talk about next week. But as always, listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, we had a big number of people listening last week. So that was very exciting. Um, we do hope you have a fabulous day, fabulous weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Happy Friday, everybody. <laughs>